During our time in San Francisco at Jobvites, Recruiter Nation Live, we had a chance to catch up with leaders in the talent acquisition space, so we turned on the mics. Enjoy. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Let's not even do that. There's tip, been two man. just the tip jokes in the last 30 minutes. <laughs> yes. Like, that's a good sign for a great and conference. And that was because we were talking to Mason from Lyft. <laughs> yeah, he, everything goes south when you're talking tips. to Mason. Every, every, everything when I'm you're sure talking to Mason. I'm sure he loves that you put Lyft in there when uh, you're <laughs> referencing tip jokes. Tip. Yeah. <laughs> well, they do have a tip system. They, so well, they you, were you the, could, that was what I was talking about. That's exactly. why I went with Lyft originally over uber because of the tips and that's where you have the yeah i'm a tip guy chad's a tip guy i'm a tip guy not the whole just the tip just the tip yes (laughs) (laughs) david did you know you're on a not safe for work i did podcast when you jumped on okay good let's introduce david yes david don draper yeah uh i'm sure that changed your life when mad men became famous i'm the i'm the handsome one of the two of them yeah no that's what i was gonna say yeah so david draper uh the the better looking of the Drapers, yes. Uh, and you're with whom and what the hell do you do, David? Um, I'm the um, t- Director of Talent Acquisition at the Lewis Group of Companies, which is a very large real estate development company, property management company in Southern California. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So so how long have you been at uh, Lewis Group? I've been at Lewis for 16 years. 16 when years? When they hired me, they had no uh, recruiting presence in the company. There were only two people in human resources. How big is the company? About 700 employees. Okay. And um, in our section of Southern California, there's really nobody in our league that does what we do. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And, and we are here at the Jobvite Recruiter Nation Live Conference. So I'm assuming you're a Jobvite client as well. Tell us about we that. We are a Jobvite client. We have been for uh, about five years. This uh-huh. is my second Recruiter Nation Live. Um, very happy with the product. Um, when I joined the company that I'm with. Yeah. Uh, we had a, first of all, when I first joined them, we had no uh, ATS at all. Okay. Um, we were putting ads, the company was putting ads in the paper. You know, <laughs> oh, my God. Back Craig in the five years ago. Flyers. <laughs> you know, this is 16 years ago. Yeah. And, um, not five years yeah, ago. Not okay. five years okay. ago. But uh, so immediately we got hooked up with Monster, Career Builder, all the usual suspects. But pretty soon it was time to pick an ATS. Yep. And at the time, we had another ATS, which uh, will remain nameless. Boo. But it was... Uh, <laughs> Come on, David. <laughs> it starts with a, a Ceridian and ends with a Ceridian. <laughs> um, Rhymes with Meridian. <laughs> yeah. But um, I investigated a handful, and far and away, Job Fight was doing some really cool progressive stuff, uh-huh. uh, speci- specifically in the ease of application, the um, referral And what year piece. was this? Um, well, five years ago. So yeah, okay, five years oh, ago. About 2013, so a little bit more than five, five, uh, five years ago. And, um, yeah, it's been a big hit. Um, my recruiting team is not that big. Currently, we're three. At, a, at our largest, we were five. Right. Uh, but three is a good number for us for what we do and what we need to fill. From a director's standpoint, when you're, looking at, when you're looking at systems and you're looking at pretty much what's happening out there today because there's so much noise, 
all the startups, yeah. all the AI, all the RPA, all the acronyms and shit. What what does it boil down to for you? What matters most for all of those systems? They can have all the bright and shiny shit, but re- what really what brass tacks for you? Yeah, I think w- when you're in recruiting, you got to look at what works for the company you're employed by, yeah. for the jobs you want to fill, the type of candidate you're attracting. And for Lewis, what really works is the candidate experience and connecting that to the culture. And then um, over that is the brand. Where we are in Southern California, uh, we're in a marketplace of Southern California where we're the leader. And a lot of people on the street know our company. They're probably going to rent a Lewis apartment. They might shop at a Lewis shopping center. So, so it's we, a brand people know. Yeah. Okay. And so we got to make sure that experience is good when we're uh, putting candidates through the whole process. Because as I, as I like to say, if a candidate has a great experience with recruiting, they're probably going to rent a Lewis apartment. And if someone has a great experience renting an apartment, they're probably going to apply for a Lewis job. It's all connected. The candidate is the customer. The customer is the candidate. So how long did it take you to actually arrive at that? Because most of HR and recruiting, they haven't made that connection just yet, that your brand overall does transform into whether the candidates are looking for product or if sure into, i mean and is that communicated with your marketing team like are you in close communications with yeah. them? yeah well to answer your question about where it started uh it started with a friendship okay when i joined lewis when i hired a guy who was our um our social uh i forget what his title was automated marketing specialist social media when, dude when we hired him <laughs> he was all about revenue marketing uh-huh Oh, That's okay. It. Revenue marketing. Okay. But he so and like I... lead gen kind of stuff? Yep. Or, okay. Lead generation. Gotcha. Um, he and I connected over coffee and beer, throwing ideas around. Nice. And we realized... That uh, was either a long meeting yeah. or a real interesting meeting. <laughs> yeah. Especially the, the beer meetings. But, uh, you know, a lot of those ideas come after the second beer. We, yeah. We always joke. Yeah. And we had some really cool ideas of how to take marketing into recruiting, how it's, it's really all the same thing. Right. And I'll never forget, we went to um, a LinkedIn conference uh, way back when, probably about seven years ago. Uh-huh. And it was really cool because everyone at that conference was telling us, you know, you're the only company here. You're the only recruiter who bought your, brought your marketing guy. And it was really exciting to know that we were, we were touching on something that the big guys we're just starting with or, or knew about. And here we are, a little real estate development company in Southern yeah. California, and yeah. we're on the right track. And it all, again, goes to um, the culture of the company. It's a, it's a great company. The family's been doing it since the 1950s. They're very well known. And so when you start with that in TA, when you have a trusted brand, you, I think that's gold. If you can take that wrap yourself around it, turn it into a process, into content, right. and lead generation, uh-huh. that's that's where we were, and that's what we did. Well, in that those words, if you go to a CEO, CFO, COO, and you say lead generation, and it's coming out of recruiting, that will get their attention, because it means that it's actually impacting their bottom line, right? Absolutely. So, so what was... Tell, tell me a little bit about that process. When you took it up, the, I mean, did, did you have that conversation? Did you start having different narrative with the C-suite? How did that work? Well, to a certain extent, we at the very beginning, we kind of just did it. Yeah. Um, because luckily, the, the C-suite at our company is, I, can know, I can't put this any other way. They're just cool. They, they like to hire good people. 
and they kind of let them do what they do. Do their thing. Yeah. They might not understand a little piece, but when it starts working, they'll you know call you in and go, what are you doing? And why are you doing it? And tell me about it. And those conversations were always positive with our head of marketing, with the owners, um, with the VP of asset management. They were always very positive. So luckily, I had that, that culture at management to let me kind of do what you do. And I think, to your point, if you're in the C-suite, you obviously want to hire great people. Let great people do it. Let them, let them do it. Of course, you know, talk about it with them. Have them report on it. But if you're, if you're a company that likes to say you hire fantastic people, let them do their work. Earlier this year, Javite raises $200 million. They buy three companies, Woo. starting to integrate those, get a new CEO. You as a customer, what were your feelings when you first heard about the acquisition and what have you seen since then uh, with using the product that has been sort of uh, exciting? Well, we have um, very, right off the bat was, um, was Canvas, Javite Text. That was something really early on that um, my friend in marketing, we really knew. Um, the unemployment rate was going down. Candidates were wanting more out of the experience. The recession was in our you know, rearview mirror. And then, of course, uh, me personally, I, you know, I hate answering the phone and I hate checking my email, but I love text. And so I knew that, that was the next, that's the next step. And so we very quickly signed up with Canvas, and that has been, I think, a game changer for us to be that ahead of the curve, to be able to talk to candidates quickly in real time, in minutes or less, to have them fill out our application, do our online assessments, set up those interviews, and have that connection all the way through past day one. So is it anti-ghosting magic? Did you, <laughs> did you, did you see the, have you seen the ghosting happening because the, of the job market, and is it really anti-ghosting magic? Uh, I've seen the ghosting. We've all been frustrated by it, uh -huh. and absolutely, I think Job by Text absolutely helps with that, particularly uh, during the interview process. Okay. And particularly um, when they can communicate, not with just with a, with a recruiting team, but the managers that they could potentially be working with. So I'm assuming you see a lot of uh, new products, vendors getting phone calls, uh, demoing their product. What are some things that you've seen in the last, say, six months that has you excited in terms of technology? Well, I think, um, you know, programmatic advertising, of course, again, taking that marketing space and putting it into TA. Uh, I think the use of chatbots is really interesting. Probably not right for our company. I don't, you know, we're not a company that hires thousands and thousands of people every year. Uh -huh. But I can see where that would be exciting, and keep that communication flowing, uh, both from that first touch point with the uh, person interacting with some of your content, all the way past um, past day one. So I'd say those those two things. So something really cool that we did uh -huh. is um, we had candidates who were applying through our website, our careers website, which yeah. is a very low cost uh, source. We had an opt-in page where we said to the candidate, um, you know, a candidate would click on apply here now, and then they would go to an opt-in page and they could learn about uh, deals for apartments, deals for single family homes, deals for shopping centers, basically local yeah. deals. Yeah. Um, and we had an 80% opt-in rate, and we now turned those candidates into marketing leads. And then we could send them content and, and uh, information about uh, products. Yeah. And um, we actually, in one year, turned, um, we did, had 16 net leases of apartments from candidates who were turned into marketing leads. Wow. Which is, uh, it's basically revenue. 
Yeah. No, it is. It's not basically yep. revenue. It is, it is revenue. revenue. <laughs> and that, I think, is a pretty exciting uh, concept to look at candidates right. as uh, potentially marketing leads for products. It's the same yeah. concept of candidates or customers. Uh, you do the same thing when you're shopping on a company's website, yeah. when you're shopping on Amazon. You're putting in your information. You're not thinking twice about it. It's a holistic experience. Yeah. It's not just a career experience. It's not just a buying experience. You could go to Amazon and who knows, maybe look for jobs or something like that, right? While you're buying a book or what have you. But in this case, what did the C-suite say or what did what did the boss say when you said, hey, look, this is what this is what's happening and this is what we did? Um, we're looking more into it right now, yeah. but they were pretty, you know, it was an eyebrow razor yeah. and it was interesting. Tell me more. We're in that tell me more phase yeah. right now, but it all goes to what I believe in and what you guys believe. And what I think smart, progressive people in our space think uh, should know is that experience is the same. Yeah. You know, uh, if a candidate is going to buy your product, they probably are going to apply for a job. Right. And if they hear something negative about your company, they're probably not going to apply for a job. Right. I mean, you might be want to go apply for a job at a company, but when you read an article that they're dumping chemicals in the river, yeah. suddenly you're yeah. not going to buy their product and you're not going to apply for their job. So what do you say to those purists that are out there that really believe that there has to be separation be between church and state, between sales marketing and employment brand marketing. What do you say to those people? Because they're out there and they and they talk this separation all the time. I say why? Why well, think that? Yeah. Uh, why be Why be so um, firmly in place when I bet you're probably not firmly in place on many other things you do? Especially when it's good for the overall business and obviously good for the. I mean, this is an opt-in thing. You're not making them correct. Take your your deals or what have you. This is something that that's an opt-in kind of scenario. Correct. And if you're a company that believes you have a a positive brand, yeah. Why not use that and be honest about it? Don't don't fake it. Because right. I think candidates and you know people will know that I'll you're that shit out yeah. oh yeah. yeah yeah you mentioned earlier that you were a, a, a talent agent yes i'm wondering if there's a funny hollywood type talent agent story that you have yes uh before joining lewis i was with robert half international and then way before that i was with a talent agency in beverly hills we weren't a william morris or a caa but we were about a b plus boutique Still, agency so okay. beautiful people yeah i mean come on I, it was a lot of beautiful people um I always say we tended to make people stars and then they would leave. You know, they get on a cool pilot that took off or they get a great movie and then they say thank you and they go to William Morris. So you were the mid-market yeah. of talent agencies until <laughs> they moved to New York or yes. L.A. to play to play sports. A couple stories I always tell is we had um, Salma Hayek yeah. who had just come up from sure. Mexico. Oh, wow. And we got her on a few, you know, few television shows, uh, a couple on HBO. She would always come in the office. She was... Super cool, super friendly. She treated her career like a business, yeah. really took it seriously. So I'm, I wasn't surprised that she took off. But she left us right before Dust Till Dawn, from yeah. Dust Till Dawn, which, yeah, yeah. of course, everyone, everyone listening to this should watch if yeah. you haven't already. <laughs> and then um, my funny that story. That was a Tarantino one, that was wasn't Tarantino, it? I don't, know if he wrote yeah. it? I don't think he directed it, but he, he wrote it, I believe. Uh, Robert Rodriguez directed it. Okay. But he wrote it. Cool story was actually uh, Tarantino. We got... Uh, he was at um, Sundown's Film Festival with Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. And so at that same time, he had all these screenplays out there that everyone was trying to get on board with. So it was cool reading all of his screenplays before they became movies or before they even got picked up. That was kind of neat. My other funny story is that um, 
I put a uh, actor on a recurring guest star role on a little sitcom called The Ellen DeGeneres Show. Oh no, really? Yes, and uh, to support my my actor, I would go to the tapings. Yeah. And since it was a new show, the tapings would go really late, like till like 11, midnight, because everyone was really nervous. And so uh, we would always go out, go get a pizza or some beers. Yeah. And so we would hang out with the cast. Okay. And everyone was really cool. And Ellen wasn't, she was just a stand-up comedian who hit yeah. it yeah. hit it on a show. And um, I, uh, I had a big crush on her. And I thought uh, I thought I was getting places uh, by chatting with her. With yes. Ellen? <laughs> yes. I mean, little it, did you know. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Just, and then he's watching. Yeah. He's watching <laughs> yeah. the, the show. And he's like, "Wait a minute, what just happened?" Well, this was this was before she came out. Yeah. And yeah. she was super super chill and really personable and down yeah. to earth. And this was I mean, this wasn't like her and I in a room. This was just groups and groups of oh, people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember having you this little question her. I thought, yeah, yeah. hey, do I have a she's chance? To- she's totally in she's totally into me. Yeah. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> but uh, I do remember she was really nice and friendly and, and all that. Just what a, a young actress, comedian who's who's kind of at the you know, hit it big yeah. or potentially could hit it big. Yeah. Well, at least now you know it wasn't you. It wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't me. At least that time. <laughs> so, last last question: If a vendor wants to be able to get your attention, how do they get your attention? That's a that's a really good question. Um, I think yeah, there is. You know, I do get a lot of emails and a lot of calls, and everybody's great. They just want to work yeah. and they just want to you know get their product out there. But I would say to a vendor is do a little bit of homework on the company you're trying to sell it to. Yeah. And, you know, something that could work for the Geico's and the Netflix's of the world is not going to work for the majority of companies out yeah. there because yeah. the majority of companies are a thousand people or less. So look, you know, call them up, find or just look at their space out there on social or on the web and gear your sales pitch to them yeah. to say, hey, you know, you might not be our chatbot customer, but you are a customer for this other piece that we do. And I think that that would be an easy kind of in that a, a salesperson or a, or a, a rep could do. Can I can I squeeze in one more? So you're you're in the uh, real estate development business, and you guys are sort of on the front lines of the economy and what's going on. Do you see any cracks in the economy based on what you're seeing in the the home development business or the real estate development? Well, I'm in I'm in TA, but um, I interact with all of the the major players. Uh, development VPs, and they're all great men and women. Uh, what I see out there right now is probably single-family homes are going to level out, quiet down. That might kind of slow down. But what I what I hear and see is uh, apartments are red hot, and they probably won't stop being red hot. And I think they're going to change, you know, amenity heavy, um, more upscale, more and more upscale, and then moving out into the suburban areas. But I think it goes to that demographic of who who wants a place to sleep and a place with a roof over the head. Uh, it's completely different than the idea of my parents had and our parents had. Now it's, you know, like we were talking earlier about people not buying cars anymore. I don't know if people are going to think of where they live as a long-term thing yeah. anymore. But you're still optimistic on the economy at this yeah. point. Yeah, I would say uh, it, I think we're going to see a dip in 2020. I do. That's my personal view. 
Uh, I don't think we're going to get anything. Hopefully, the floor is not going to fall yeah, out. Hopefully, from hopefully under it's us. not a 2008. No one wants that. <laughs> but I think we're going to see a, a dip, and I hopefully you see home prices be a bit more reasonable for everybody. Um, but I think we're going to see higher, you know, higher and higher rents, and not just in the major urban areas. Well, David, thanks for sitting down with us today. For anyone who wants to know more about you or your company, where would you send them? Well, the best place is our website, uh, lewiscareers.com. And, of course, I'm on uh, LinkedIn, David Draper. And then on Twitter, we're at Lewis Recruits. Excellent. Thanks, man. We out. We out. This has been the Chat and Cheese Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. And be sure to check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit chadcheese.com. Oh yeah, you're welcome. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.